welcome to the Parkrun Adventurers Podcast, episode 200. Dun, dun, dun. That's it, Mel. When I used to edit, we'd sometimes insert sound effects, but now you just bring them yourself. Oh. <laughs> love it, love it. Did you like I my... sometimes insert sound effects. Yeah, there was one last week. Well, I should Wait, listen. Was there, one last... <laughs> was there one last week or was it the week before? I don't know, but sometimes I, I insert sound effects. Hmm. A great response to episode 199. You, um, I, I haven't listened yet, but I, it, it is on my list. <laughs> I think you do really well with co-hosts named Scott. So that's why I'm calling myself Scott for episode 200. That's why it's not, you're not going back, harking back to episode one days. <laughs> yes. Yes, I am. Because you set me a task before joining you for this episode to go back and listen to it. Yeah we, yeah, we both did it. We went back and listened to episode one, which I think for me, it had been four years since I'd heard it. I remember listening to it a few times early on because we were nervous. We wanted to get it right. We wanted to make sure what we were putting out there, would I would be proud of it representing us and us, you know. Park run, and when when I listened to it, it was quite jarring, wasn't it? That that opening sounded very formal. You called me Scott. Tim called me Scott. Yes. <laughs> well, you know, it wasn't until I think uh, we had Robbo on in episode three or something like that, and straight off the bat, he was calling you Scotty, Scotty, Scotty. And after after we'd recorded that interview, I was like. Are you okay with that? Like, he's just calling you Scotty and like it's very informal. And you're like, yeah, all my friends call me Scotty. And so that's when I decided, oh, well, that's it. I'm not calling you Scott anymore. Yeah, I think we've had this conversation before. Every time I hear the name Scott, I feel like I'm getting in trouble from my mum. And <laughs> <laughs> listening back to that episode, that's what it felt like. It felt like you were angry with me. Tim was being very <laughs> professional and like I'd done something wrong to him. I was like, what, you know? Well, the thing is you should have started out with saying call me Scotty, you know, because I don't I don't just give people nicknames and we didn't know each other very well back then. You know, that was that was right at the proper beginning. And uh yeah, we we hadn't had that many actual conversations. We'd spoken online via messages and things like that, but actual voice conversations had been fairly limited to that point, so it was a um, whole new world. So for episode 200, we're taking a trip down memory lane. Um, it's, it's, it's an episode for the, our hardcore listeners, our real parkrun adventurers. So if you're tuning in for the first time, if, you've just, if you haven't been to parkrun for six weeks and you've decided, I might try this parkrun podcast... Um, with episode 200. Yeah, with episode 200. Good <laughs> this week. <laughs> because we're going to sort of deconstruct how we got to episode 200. We're going to go through all those machinations, aren't we, Mel? We are, we are. And uh, and what better time because at the end of episode one we actually said, oh, this is the episode where we're going to look back, at, you know, when we get to 100 episodes or 200 episodes, we're going to look back at this one. And what did we say? I'm pretty sure we said we were going to cringe. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully we were going to laugh. Um, yeah. So so let's start there, shall we, Scotty? We did both listen to the episode. What what was your 
overall impression apart from, you know, things were formal and so on? So I I started off cringing. We <laughs> talked about that jarring. We didn't seem to vibe as well as I think we do now. And it just seemed like we were we were both pretty nervous. I said the qual- the sound quality was terrible. So if we take it back, oh, I, I was working so at SBS. Yeah. I was in a professional radio studio. I thought it sounded good. I'm now sitting in my study. I actually had to go down to the shed. I'd packed away my, my USB headset belt. That's how long it had been between um, using it. But, yeah, I think the sound quality is so much better. Well, we were, we were recording via different methods back then too. We were, so we? Yeah, yeah. We were using Skype, weren't we? We were, yeah. And uh, we were each recording our own audio separately. I was using um, a Tascam, which is – which actually is one of the things that we used at Palm 20 earlier this year. So it's it's not a terrible piece of equipment, but it's just different and um, a different microphone into that. And then I was downloading my audio off that and actually Adam was doing it because I was completely technologically, um, what's the word? I don't know. It. I was a big newbie. Um, and so he was just taking the audio off for me and emailing it to me and I was then emailing it to you and you were putting the, the files together. Yeah. Very, very clunky, old school style. But it was only four years ago. So I, I, reckon, I reckon even if you go back, where was the the podcast landscape four years ago? I think it, it's probably hard for us to comment because we're sort of in it. But I certainly know when we when we launched, we were the only parkrun podcast. Now we've been joined by With Me Now, who we kind of joined them. We've got Free Weekly Timed. There's a new one called the 9.30 Club or something. I haven't checked that out. Have you? Not yet. It's on my list, uh, but I haven't I haven't had a lot of time to be listening to podcasts lately. So I haven't listened to the last several episodes of Adventurous myself either. <laughs> I do generally listen back after just so I can um, make sure that the edit didn't go badly, but I haven't even you know, had the time to do that. So so that's a different landscape and just podcasts in general. Like I think I have more conversations or more recommendations from friends and colleagues about, oh, you should listen to this podcast. It's, they seem to have... They're a lot more mainstream, aren't they? Yeah, and I think we, we could probably take some credit <laughs> globally. Let's take some credit. <laughs> I know our, our downloads don't reflect that, but I think it's just a general feeling and, uh, you know, that we were at the front of that wave. We were oh look, I I certainly do know there's a lot of our listeners who never really listened to podcasts before us, and now they do. They listen to a whole swag of different things, not just parkrun themed or running podcasts. They listen to all sorts of stuff. So we, yeah, we can absolutely take some credit for increasing the listenership of podcasts in the world in general. Yeah, my other takeaway is that you, you you have to invest in a podcast too. So that first episode, you're never going to connect with the presenters. Like all good podcasts, you need to invest a couple of episodes before you judge them. And I think this is a really hard thing. So you're looking for a podcast to listen to. You're looking at the album art. You listen to the first two or three minutes. And if you don't get a good vibe, you probably ditch it. And that's really hard to overcome. Luckily, we we relied on the parkrun connection to drag a few people in. And I think in that first episode, it was really parkrun-y. We, we 
we spoke to Liv Coop. She was launching Serum A, which was a bit exciting at the time. We had Tim on and we, we had this idea that we were going to get him on regularly. So you were going to get this regular influx of parkrun news and insights. And we did. He was he was on regularly in the, yeah. in the first year or so. Yeah. But then Parkrun grew and there were so many more ways to get the news and information. And, and one way was through our roving reports, which we know and love now. Everything's grown, hasn't it? That's a lot. Um, when, when I heard the voices, and yes, I, I agree that very formal, but also I think I sounded like a baby. I sounded so much younger. But your voice hasn't changed, Scotty. You haven't aged at all. You 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 were very confident and very comfortable, and yeah, it's no different now. Good. <laughs> well, I can tell you that I have aged, but um, it's good to know that my voice hasn't. Mm. If that's a thing. Yeah. So, oh, but I do feel like we spoke really fast. I'm sure we don't speak that fast now. Hmm. Well, I didn't pick up on that, but. I'm naturally a very slow talker, which we know over four years. If you guys have been joining us for four years, you know my style drives people mad. (laughs) (laughs) I think I've probably slowed down as well. To match me. Yeah, maybe to match you, but probably to a certain extent because I maybe I'm, I'm thinking my answers through more or people are asking me questions that I don't know the answers to straight off the bat. So... I'm formulating the answers as I go along. See, I just did it there. There was a bit of a pause while I was trying to figure out what I was going to say. <laughs> there was, there was. Um, have you got any stats for me? Are you going to surprise me with any stats over the past 200 episodes? Oh, no. No? Okay. Am, am I going to disappoint you with not providing any stats? <laughs> Maybe I, I should have done that. I should have gone through and collated how many interviews we've done, how many roving reports we've had. You know, I did start creating a document where I was um and because we do have the run sheets the various uh iterations of the run sheets over the years we have access to all that information it's just not collated in any kind of user-friendly statty type spreadsheet which I I did actually create a spreadsheet to start doing that and I think I got through about the first 50 episodes of logging all the information but uh it's it's a time intensive task and it's Mm. not going to benefit anyone except me and my own knowledge and having access to it so the end of the day who cares project essentially is what you're saying yeah and it it would be a shame so i could i could log in and see how many downloads we've had but we've changed we've changed hosting providers we used to release on soundcloud and in the early days we had quite a few people accessing it through soundcloud and then we ditched that so i've lost all those stats so i can't even tell you how many how many downloads we've had no, well, it's been a lot more than I ever thought. Yes, yes. Well, I think, and I, I've said it before, I, I would have been happy if we only ever had, you know, 10 listeners, or it, the idea of having 100 listeners was amazing. And we exceed that. So, very happy. It's a lot of work for 10 listeners, Mel. Yeah, well, it's, it's a labor of love, isn't it, Scotty? <laughs> you don't, nobody makes podcasts because, um, you know, it, we, you shouldn't, certainly wouldn't make them for money. Uh, well, maybe some people do. But <laughs> well, I think a lot of people do now. It. Do they? Yeah, I think there's the Patreon model um, that works 
really well if you've got a whole, whole heap of listeners and you're providing a genuine service, I think. Yeah, you can make money from these things. You could, We could have advertising. I mean, we did at one point. Remember Netflix came after us? <laughs> did they? I remember it differently. <laughs> Yeah. Did they come after us so much as we invited them to come after us and <laughs> it was crickets? Yeah, I can't remember. It was a long time ago. But, I mean, we've had heaps of approaches from commercial partners and we've just said, no, we are not going to compromise our beliefs and our values to kowtow to some corporate giant. So we just said no. Also, we're, we're not very good at selling things. Well, actually, we are. How many of those singlets did we sell? <laughs> so quite well, a few. No, didn't didn't have to sell those. They just flew off the shelves. So um yeah. But that's everybody wants an ugly Christmas thing. Like that's a different thing. Looking forward to the 2020 version. It's gonna be cool as well. But back to the episode, Scotty. Yep. What what else what else can we peel back the curtain and let people know about? Um well, we, start, we started, we were talking about what we did on Christmas Day 2015. Doesn't that seem like an age ago? <laughs> we went to Parkrun. Like it feels like 2015 since I've been to Parkrun at the moment. Yeah, well, it does a little bit. But even you, you, did, the, um, you did the Whitsunday double over yep. that Christmas period. You did Airlie Beach, Parkrun, and, and then Hamilton Island. That's very, yeah, like the adventures that we used to have. It, it was good to go back and just listen to, at that moment in time, what we had been up to. And mm. I've thought about this a few times over the course of the years and I don't want to be really um, morbid, but if something were to happen to me, it has occurred to me that my boys, as they grow up, they would have access to, you know, four and a half years of me chatting on a parkrun podcast. Yes, okay, the content would be about parkrun, but if they wanted to, they could listen to their mum, you know. Hmm. And um, well, That's not morbid. I mean, the, the idea of you passing away is morbid, but that's actually nice, isn't it? Yeah, it is. That's that's what I mean. Like it's, it's a nice thought that um, if they wanted to find out more about me or um, how I was, if they didn't remember me and things like that, yeah. Well, think about random things like that. Not that I, I have I have no intention of passing away. Um, I just wanted to state that fact. It's just, okay. yeah, sometimes the brain goes places. And, um, yeah, it's it's nice to have this audio diary almost every week uh, up until recently for the last four and a half years. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, and I don't think the podcast – has changed all that much or it's definitely evolved like we went through phases of trying ideas and this year it's evolved a little bit more but essentially you can go back to listen to episode one and it still feels familiar to a certain extent doesn't it it did to me yeah um well i mean i guess it feels familiar because we we lived it we were there <laughs> <laughs> <It's true. laughs> but i guess we need yeah. to know this from our listeners yeah may- maybe Maybe things things that stood out to me though, you know, we mentioned we were up to 150 events in Australia, and we were talking about reaching 200 parkrun events by the end of the year just in this country. And you know, now now we're pushing 400, and and the growth did slow down a little bit, but it's still it's still funny to 
to see these frozen moments and time almost about where the world was mm. and uh, where it is now. Well, you were a territory director. I was yeah. a potential event director of Studley Park Run. Tim was talking about launching into America and now he's assumed this role of strategic director of Asia Pacific. Kasha was only a single-digit age. She was. She was. I can't remember if she was eight or if she was seven turning eight. Do the quick maths. She was. <laughs> well, in she 2016. Was, she was seven. January 2016. She was seven. Yep. Let's go revisit one of our favourite guests. We've got Bo Miles joining us. And then we'll come back and reminisce some more. Is that what we should do? Yeah, I think so. And when you say revisit one of our guests, we're not playing an old episode. Oh, Bo's no. He's joining us fresh. Yeah, he's got a new thing coming. So let's hear all about it. As we just mentioned in our intro, we're very excited to have back one of our fave interviews of the last well, it's now 200 episodes of the podcast. We last spoke to him in episode 129, which came out in September 2018. So what better time than to check back in with the wonderful Bo Miles than right now? Bo, welcome back to the podcast. Yeah, thanks very much. Now, the last time we spoke to you was um, shortly after A Mile an Hour came out, which screened at the Run Nation Film Festival back in 2018. It's got some good play over the years and it's it's still an awesome watch. What have you been doing since then? Since we last chatted, um, A Mile an Hour, which was the film that uh, I think you folks picked up me or, well, you know, found out about, I suppose, my existence <laughs> and you got in touch and the film itself went out online and sort of sat dormant for a while until I released, in the most part, I released um, it's a film called Run the Line in late uh, last year and that that was um I ran an old railway line close to where I live and I must admit I didn't expect it to be so such a boom in a sense and online it went went bonkers and a mile an hour has since picked up hugely because of it so I suppose in short um the film career has gone a bit bit wider since I suppose we last chatted in that um, a few more people from around the world have cottoned on to a couple of good films out there online and um getting lots of attention and having lots of chats with people all over the place. So it's great. So, uh, yeah, I'm just I'm just knuckling and doing lots of film work and trying to stay fit and, and be a new dad. So uh, life's pretty full. You've got a new film coming out, Bo, which we're going to get to. But I want to go back to A Mile an Hour because I recently had a, a mate try it. And so I followed his journey. He was inspired by you and he did it a couple of weeks ago in lockdown. Have you had many people reach out to you saying that they had a go and have they shared their experiences with you going through that? Yeah, it's been remarkable, Scotty. Uh, it's kind of swept, you know, it's, it's fast approaching a couple of million views on YouTube and, and I get um, it's either one or two or up to five a day people uh, sending me an email or an Insta something saying, hey, Bo, I'm trying this in a weird, wonderful way, you know, from university students to people in you know, a whole street did it in the UK and uh, the Surf Lifesaving Clubs in Queensland are trying it and uh, all over the place, you know. I was, it was really quite tickled pink when I uh, heard this morning that the story of the 100-year-old guy in um, 
in the UK. You know, he's doing 100 laps of his backyard with his walker. And, he, you know, he wanted to raise a 1,000 pounds and, and 30 million pounds later, um, he's become a global phenomena. And I thought, isn't that just wonderful that these little ideas and these little stories, um, they really resonate with people because it's so doable. And, yeah, so a mile an hour kind of has resonated with a bunch of people and heaps of there's heaps of folks doing it. Yeah. You should have trademarked it or something or, or should have <laughs> framed it around some sort of charity so people can support it that way. Or are you just happy that people are having got a crazy idea you had? Yeah, that's right. Well, look, I um, someone else said that too. You should. And look, I get a lot of people ask if they can do it. And I think, absolutely, this is just some harebrained idea. Um, there's, there's been a fair few out there that, that do it and there's certainly no mention of Bo and it's carbon copy of what I've done. And I thought, oh, maybe you should probably mention where you got the idea from but you know what uh, you know I suppose you've kind of half made it or made a good idea when people start to copy it so that's a good thing. Okay so what I want to know is we actually have three Channel 5 news crew members here on the pod our regular roving reporters participating in a bit of a challenge this weekend they're all doing 42.2 kilometers over 42 hours or within 42 hours uh, they've got a little bit longer than just the 24 to do it. And um, people people can do it in whatever way, shape or form they wish. You know, you could do 10 kilometres in the first hour and then give yourself a break, et cetera, et cetera. Lyndall has chosen in an homage to you to do it amidst a whole bunch of other errands and things on her to-do list. Are you more proud that people are getting out there and doing the one mile an hour or the, the running part, or are you just really happy that people are finally getting things done? I think it's a bit of both in a sense in that um, I'd never done that kind of combination before because, and, and uh, you know, there's been many reasons why I did a mile an hour, why the idea came. And I've been, you know, spruiking the idea that I sat on my backside getting fat writing my PhD. So I just wanted to get the heck out of the house and go for a run and, and do all the things that I hadn't had the time to do whilst writing. But a fair bit of it too is the fact that running's pretty useless to me now when I think of running, and I know that I'm saying this probably to the wrong crowd, but I I, I sometimes think I can either go out and clear blackberries for half an hour and, and sweat my backside off and do it with a bush hook and, you know, a shovel or a, a rake or something, and it's an awesome workout and I get something done. Whereas if I go for a 5K run... I come back and I'm sweaty and I've got to wash that shirt and there's nothing that's been done. You know, I've just I've just plugged away at my heart and my legs for a little while, which is excellent, but it doesn't give me that sense of satisfaction sometimes than than a 5k equivalent workout in the in the paddock. And so I suppose a mile an hour is that perfect combination of getting a lots of things done and sort of just ticking along at the same time with your legs. And that was that was one of the ideas. So I'm enamoured by both. I think they're fantastic and it's, it's great that people are doing it. From there, you went moved on to Run the Line, the absolute standout from the Run Nation Film Festival last year. Did you get as much feedback about that idea? Did you have anybody else trying to run the line around the world? Uh, yeah, yeah, lots actually, and I've had so many invites from train buff type people all over the world saying, "Hey, I've, I live close to an old train line that goes places," and uh, which tends to be the case across the entire world. You know, um, there are at least six six continents worth. There's been people send all sorts of wonderful ideas, and and so it certainly hasn't caught on as much because it's a bit more of a long winded idea, and um, 
not as fun. I don't think there's that sense of fun as much. Uh, carrying a shovel for 45 kilometres isn't all that fun either. So I suppose people have seen that as going, oh, well, maybe maybe that's not my thing. But, uh, yeah, lots of feedback from all over the place of people telling me things and telling me I shouldn't have jumped fences and then in America you would have got shot and all that sort of interesting stuff. Now, you did mention you became a dad last year. Little baby May came along in October. How has that changed how you perceive and, and how you plan adventures? Well, I suppose I was, I've been on the back burner of, of long-scale adventures now for 10 years anyway. And so maybe it was always a positioning, you know, how you, you reach a time in your life when you never want to live in a share house or you reach a time in your life when you don't need to go to a nightclub or a pub anymore. And so I suppose... In many respects, I've reached an age where uh, my new adventures have a lot to do with the family and how I can do that in a more personal way. So backyard adventuring and doing a lot more stuff close to home. And and look at this whole lockdown thing too. And, and uh, we talked briefly off air before you started recording about the perils of being locked down. And, and it sort of hasn't been that way for me. I've loved being here on the farm and not spending eight or 10 or 15 hours a week of, of traveling. And so... Whilst I don't mind a little bit of travel and listening to the radio and thinking about the world when I whiz past in a car, I'm happy to lose it because, gee, it's nice just to maximise my time here in one spot. And I, in some respects, I see adventure that way now. And May, I suppose she can tell me when she starts to talk if she doesn't want to do it, but otherwise she's, I'm going to drag her kicking and screaming all over the place uh, for a while, I think. So we did talk off air how we're all coping in this COVID-19 lockdown. You're going okay. You're getting used to it. Yeah, I love it. I must admit, um, I've always loved solo travel. And so in many respects, this is kind of, this plays into my personality. I love people, but I love going away from people, I think. Uh, and so I'm having a wonderful time here. And and like I say too, I've got a little five acre farmlet and it's got lots of projects. A lot of them are still half finished and they'll remain unfinished probably for years too. And I just tinker along with them and, and um I'm immensely satisfied by that and I, I just love it. I love being here and not going places uh, to the point where I'm about to cut a, you know, 400-metre track around the paddock, you know, through a few little obstacles and around the barn and a few other bits and pieces and I think I might that, that might keep me pretty happy in terms of my running. Do you have any advice for people who perhaps don't have five acres to play around in about how they might be able to stay curious and have adventures at home during this current situation? Yeah, I've been asked that a bunch, Mel. And I, look, I realise too just how lucky I am and I get flack a, a bit for that, you know. You know, I sort of, I never mentioned in a mile an hour how lucky I am to have the barn and to have the house and whatnot. And and the backstory of that is that the, you know, the farm when I bought it was full of blackberries and it was barely livable, the little shack and the barn was falling down and whatever. But it was still an amazing place with amazing bones. And I know a lot of people don't have this kind of playground in a sense, this little five-acre thing that they can manipulate and play with and make their physical outlet and their emotional outlet and their, uh, heck, theoretical outlet. You know, I wrote my PhD here looking out the window. And so um, my advice to people when they've asked is that, uh, I, well, it's I stand from a pretty bad position in that I'm not sure how it would be. You know, someone locked in a in an apartment in Melbourne, I think I would probably go a bit bonkers myself. 
And yet I've always said that I would be a good person to go to jail because I'd always come up with something. You know, I don't, I've never been bored as an adult and with a vibrant mind, if you've got good enough food to feed a vibrant mind, then you'd never be bored. But I've never really tested myself on that. So I'm sort of speaking out of turn. But when I do hear from people saying, how are you coping with this whole lockdown thing? I say, look, I've got it good. And for you, you've just got to think creatively and you've got to think that this is not forever either. And, and you've got, yeah, you've got to be creative. You've got to do the dishes with one leg or, um, you know, put a, a chin up bar above every door. I, I don't know, but you just, you've got to think creatively. Yeah. I think for me, Bo, like I'm just missing the social connections. I think I've, I've got enough to fill my time, but it's just the social interaction uh, with my mates every week at yeah. Parkrun and, and my running group and so on and so forth that I really miss. We're all different, hey? Yeah, and that's a really good insight, Scotty. And look, I, I suppose because I have Helen and little May and a little six-month-old child is so fascinating to me because she thinks a piece of cardboard is the most amazing thing on the planet, you know, and so I watch her playing with that piece of cardboard and that's like watching TV. So I, I suppose, I, and I work a bit differently in that that's probably my social hit. I don't need it as much as what others do. And yet I reckon, you're right, mate, I, I will get, uh, yeah, I, I, I really do enjoy having good conversations with people at the moment, probably more than I ever have. And so I'm with you. Yeah. So you're having lots of conversations about your new film that is just released like literally just released, The Human Bean. I'm a lover of baked beans too, Bo, so I want to know where the inspiration – well, maybe maybe start with what's what's the movie new movie about and where did the inspiration come from? So it's called The Human Bean and it's about to be launched on YouTube in a couple of days' time, um, around the start of May. And so the idea came that I, I, I read Steinbeck's Tortilla Flat and in halfway through Tortilla Flat they talk about uh, a bunch of kids, nine kids to the one mother who she's she's very poor. She can only get her hands on a lot of beans and she she feeds with her and her mother. They feed these kids beans directly off the floorboards of the house. So they get a big ladle, a big vat of beans bubbling away on the stove and they just pour them straight onto the floor. These kids come from everywhere and they just eat directly off the floor. And it was such a great scene, you know. Um, Steinbeck wrote it so beautifully. And I remember reading it thinking, gee, that's a, that's a great scene. You know, I'm in that scene. And I, and I thought very quickly and very easily, I thought, oh, I like beans and these kids are really healthy and they're okay. Um, what if I just ate my beans, uh, if I ate, ate beans for a bunch of time and would I be as healthy and as vibrant as these kids on Tatia Flat? So that's what I did. I ate my body weight in beans and, and, and the film is, tracks my sort of 40 days of peril you know, the things that I miss and my running goes to rubbish and uh, I become cranky and irritable and horrible to live with and my teeth and hair becomes excellent. Uh, but otherwise, uh, things things are pretty grim there for a while. Can you give us a little uh, sneaky peek at, I mean, you, you, you talk about the perils, your perils, but everybody who is living with you, how about their perils? Good point, Mal. And um, so in the credits, I, I'm... I try and thank everyone that I was around during that 40-day period because I became a bit of a crank. Uh, in saying that too, I sort of play on it a bit. It was all very ordinary in, in some ways. But what it did do staggeringly is it made me very plain and ordinary and I lost my personality a bit too. So whilst I was 
probably okay to be around. I certainly wasn't very fun and I was a little bit more short-tempered and I, I didn't have much humour about me, you know. So you, you just become a bit of a lesser human in a sense, uh, even though my hair and teeth and weight and I felt wonderfully lean and crisp and, and really good in a sense, but I had bugger all energy and uh, my personality kind of reflected that. So poor old Helen and the people I worked with had to suffer a bit. Oh, here, and I was thinking there were other kinds of perils that came with eating nothing but beans. Ah, yes. Well, many people have thought that, but I'm very windy anyway. So it was just really, um, oh, no, that, that's a lie. It, it, it did increase. It, <laughs> it, it really did. Um, let's not deny it. So there's a little bit of that in the film. I didn't want to over-exaggerate too much. <laughs> and how did you, I mean, we, we're probably delving a bit too much into the detail of the film and people just really need to go and watch it, but I'm, I'm keen to know how you arrived at the quantity or the time frame. So what I thought is that I've been doing adventures my whole life that really it's very basic to just go places in a sense. If you've got a good physical body and you've got good carbohydrate foods and gels and hydrolytes and all the wizzo stuff that we can go so far on nowadays, if you strip that all back and you go back to one very basic, you know, considered superfood like beans, how much is Bo capable of? More so, where does my journey take me that's not anywhere physical? Because this is as internal as it gets, you know, and it's a very felt response, very embodied. So in many respects, it was about that. It was about feeling things that I couldn't see and about an exploration of my internal self that wasn't just theoretical, but very, in a sense, practical uh, um, to the point where my heart and my legs and my hair and my eyes and my fingernails, everything becomes beans. So I thought I'm just going to eat my body weight. You know, every cell is going to be impregnated by a legume of some kind. And so it took me 40 days and the idea was that I'm just going to eat 200 tins of beans until I get to my body weight. And, of course, my body weight reduced as I continued the experiment. So I ended up eating 191 tins and it took 40 days. And on the final day, I, I ran a 50K ultra marathon and first 20Ks was fairly bad. I thought, gee, how the heck am I going to do the next 30? And then I just plateaued and, and it was... I was fine. You know, I was kind of fine. Okay, well, that was my next question. How did your running suffer throughout it? But obviously, it did okay. Well, you did an ultra at the end of it. Yeah, that's not only was I slow, I was very underwhelmed, you know, as a runner. You know, I sort of, I just plugged away. You know, that's, I just had a bit of, I've been running forever. So I can kind of just tap into a cadence and away you go. And I knew I'd bottomed out on any kind of glycogen in the muscles about the, Oh, heck, probably before I started, to be honest. But And the run itself was very, you know, very demanding for the first 22 Ks and then a middle 10 kilometres, which you kind of just got to get through, which was flat tram tracks, really slippery, slidey stuff through forest, thick forest. And then it just sort of is a nice descent all the way back down into Warburton. But look, in terms of the training for it, it was, you know, I've gone from a high carbohydrate diet my whole life, essentially, you know, lots of bread and rice and pasta and oats and all the things that just sort of load me up. And so to go cold turkey on that stuff and then continue running, and I didn't do a lot of training because uh, I just sort of didn't have the motivation to, um, yeah, I felt I felt rubbish. And I it gave me an insight into how, how and why people probably don't start running at later life because when you go from zero to that, uh, you know, the first run I took on beans, I, I felt 
I felt horrible and I thought, gee, okay, I get it why people don't go running now because this is horrible um, yeah, in a very simplistic yeah. way. But you still love running, Bo, so let's address the elephant in the room as well. Okay. When are you going to get along to a park run? So it's a very good question, and I have been asked many times, and uh, I just haven't got around to it, I must admit. Um, I suppose, and you, you can correct me here, I feel like I live vicariously through so many other park runners that I've, I feel like I've done lots, <laughs> but I, I just haven't. I haven't been to the actual organised thing. I, I think I did hit a – I mentioned earlier that I, I hit an age and it was like a bolt of lightning when I was about 27 that I would never live in a share house again. You know, it might have been a dishes es, you know, episode or someone coming in late or not paying their rent or something. Um, and in many respects, I kind of had that about 10 years ago in the States when I did lots of sort of pseudo-competitive running and I was just a bit sick of community running or, or running in a mob of people. I thought I just want to be by myself well and truly out there in the woods. And so I'm not really into group runs, I must admit. But um, in saying that, the, the my, my core running for the last two or three years has been with others because I'm lacking that motivation intrinsically to just go for a run. I'd rather use my energy elsewhere in some respects. And yet, don't get me wrong, I love running. Uh, but that's a very long way to say why I haven't been for a park run yet. Um, and you might be able to tell me, do, do you actually do? Are there park runs out in the woods? Do you know if there's any like that? Oh, absolutely. We've got plenty of trail park runs. Um, there's a few around where you are. Yep. And don't worry, we get the not running in group thing. Um, but park runs aren't, aren't mass participation events either. Are they? No, you could you could go to an event where there'd be 20, 30 people. Yep. Um, so it's very much running with just one or two, if you're lucky yeah. in those instances. But it's all about um, having a chat afterwards, which I think you would excel at. Well, yeah, yeah, I don't know, mate. I reckon I save up my chats for podcasts and for two phone calls a week because I, yeah, people say that, that Bo loves a chat and I, and I, I sometimes think, oh, maybe not, you know. I really like this because I think you two are great people, but I'll be happy to just go my separate way now for two or three days and just go out and build things in the in the barn or in the paddock, you know. But I, I totally get it because I know that I do enjoy these things when I, I've been guiding to the same place now for 20 years. You know, I do, I've done this stretch of Murray River for 20-odd years and I always think in the lead-up to it, oh, God, I'm doing this same stretch of river again. And yet I know that when I get there, I bloody love it. You know, I really do. And you're probably right. I would get down to a park run and love it because I do like runners and I like that they're my people. Okay. Well, we're not going to put too much more of the hard sell on you. I will just say that it's not actually about the run. Scotty is talking about it being about the talking. Many people say it's about the coffee. <laughs> park run is whatever you want it to be, really. Anyway, Bo. But what I want to know is human being in the bag, done just yeah. about to be released and undoubtedly another sensation what's next well i've, I've reached a, a stage in life where i have more footage in the can of you know things i've been up to for the last three or four years than i've almost got time to make but look I, i've i'm in partnership now with a really good filmmaker mate mitch drummond who so him and i we can toil away and I tell you what, modern filmmaking now is is liberated because with two or three people now and a, and a good and a good computer and good software and, and some good creativity, you can do an awful lot of stuff. So, 
what's happening in the next few years is is a lot of films coming out hopefully and and i always think that a one month film is going to be a one month film and it t- turns out to be two and a half months or 10 weeks or six months so probably not as many films as i think are going to come out but um there's certainly lots of lots of good stories out there including the commute getting to work the full versions of that uh and i've got some other building projects coming up and some sort of junk ideas that are that have been half shot uh, and I spent a night up at one of my big giant gum trees a month or two ago, and that was really fun. And, you know, that's a true little short film backyard adventure, w- which was really quirky. So there's lots of stuff coming out. So it's sort of once a month on YouTube, there should be something out. Great stuff, Bo. Thanks very much. Uh, Mo- Mel and I haven't seen this latest one, so we're looking forward to rushing off and watching it. Uh, I hope it achieves all the success that you dream of. And um, thanks for coming and joining us for a, a chat during lockdown. <laughs> Good on you, folks. Yeah, thanks very much. And I I promise to, within the next, let's say, six to 12 months, do a park run either with you <laughs> folks or someone else. And look, congratulations on all of these episodes too. I've only listened to a couple of them, uh, but they were really good. And, they, and I'm not much into uh, podcasts, I must admit. I just I don't find the time much, but I've listened to a couple and you two are good eggs, so. Well done, and I'll I'll talk to you on your 400th or your 500th or something. (laughs) Thanks, Bo. See ya. G'day, Parkrun Adventurers. It's Lyndall. And it's Friday night, 1st of May. Tomorrow I'm about to embark on something that's a bit different to a parkrun. Tomorrow is parkrun day, but I am having a crack at running 42Ks in 42 hours. Some of you may have seen the challenge on Facebook. I know Toc, fellow roving reporter, is also having a crack this weekend. Tomorrow I... Um, I Give it my best. I have decided to try and run 42Ks in about 20 to 21 hours. I'm going to start at 4 o'clock in the morning. Inspired by Bo Miles being interviewed on this very podcast. How awesome's that? Inspired by Bo, I have decided to split my uh, 42Ks up into more, hopefully anyway, more digestible chunks. So I'm going to run approximately two, a bit over 2Ks every hour for about 20 hours tomorrow. So starting at 4 o'clock, I'll finish either at 11pm or midnight tomorrow. That's the plan. Oh, look, I thought it was a good idea at the time. I I saw Bo Miles' movie a little while ago, a couple of years ago maybe, whenever it came out, and I just thought that is... That's on my to-do list, man. I've got to do that one day because I'm a list person. I've always got a to-do list. I've always got stuff to do that I never get done. And, you know, I'm up for a running adventure, let's be honest. So tomorrow's the day that I give it a go and part of me is super, super excited and part of me is just crapping my dacks, to be honest. I don't know how it's going to go, but I'm really psyched to have you guys, the Parkrun Adventurers, by my side and I'll I'll share the adventure with you as best I can. So I'll see you in the morning. 
Take care. Alrighty, Parkrun Adventurers, check-in number one at uh, at Parkrun time. It is about 20 past seven and I have just finished my fourth lap um, around the block. I've done about 8.6 kilometres at this stage, so I am on target running-wise. Job-wise, I have completed an online course. I have stitched up my running gloves, so repaired them. They're looking all right for someone who's not much of a... Uh, homebody or so on they're they're all right they'll get me through another few winters I reckon and I've done my veggie prep for the dinner I'm going to cook later on in the slow cooker so looking good job wise I am about to get to stuck into some um, really fun cleaning cleaning doors yeah it's all happening here today in 42 k's in 42 hours Alrighty, Parkrun Adventurers, I've just done one of my 2K loops with a friend of the podcast, Tracy Wood. Tracy, how are you today? I'm absolutely stuffed, Linda. I'm 18Ks in and I'm not feeling it. <laughs> Maybe this was not a good idea after all. Now, you're participating in the 42 in 42 as well. Tell us a little bit about that. Uh, yes, that's right. I'm doing the 42 and 42 and I'm doing that with um, Cherie and Emma. Uh, they're both doing uh, 10.6 each and I've said I'll do the um, half by myself. So I've already run um, 10Ks this morning with another friend. Come over here to um, Lindell's. Uh, we've just done a lap around the neighbourhood and uh, here I am now and now I need to run home to finish it off. <laughs> Excellent. It sounds like a bit of an adventure. <laughs> oh my God, yes. <laughs> yeah, so about two Ks ago, I sort of thought, yeah, well, maybe this wasn't a good idea. But you know, it's sort of the crazy ideas that we like to go with this and it? it's sort of <laughs> the most fun. And you go, yeah, that was probably stupid, but hey, what the hell. <laughs> well, it's done now. You can go home and have a coffee. <laughs> Um, I think I'd just like to go home and sit. Um, as I was saying to you on the run, I, I just need a shower first <laughs> and to get out of this blasting wind. It's just, oh my God, it's just really a bit much this morning. So I'm feeling a bit chapped already. And um, yeah, I just want to get home out of this wind and get into something a little bit more comfortable, like flannelette PJs. PJs sound great. This wind is pretty full on. I'm trying to ignore it. Um, but it's been windy. My first lap was still, but the rest of them have been windy as. So anyway, that's it from me for now. I'll check in a bit later. Thanks, Tracy. Thanks for coming and running with me. Thanks, Lindell. All the best for your next 16 hours. <laughs> Bye, guys. Okay, time to check in with the pod. I am at the 23-kilometre mark, so I'm over halfway, um, still in good spirits. I've just gotten back from having a picnic with one of my friends, um, I'm allowed to now. This is a good thing. Our restrictions in Queensland is to allow two individual people to have a picnic together in a park in public. Um, so I've done that. That is a it was a late addition to my uh, to do list for 42 in 42. As well as that, I've made a lot of progress. The doors that I said I was going to clean are sparkling. Um, I have prepped some chocolate chip cookie dough for me to make into cookies a bit later. I have um, cleaned a couple of shelves of the pantry. They're looking pretty schmick. And I have washed some of the random containers that I found in the back of the pantry. Yeah, always fun. So much fun. I have also um, chucked on dinner. Dinner is cooking away in the slow cooker. Smelling pretty good. Yeah, and I don't know what else. I've started eating the giant cookie. So I bought this giant cookie. It's part of my task list. 
is to eat a cookie that could probably uh probably sustain you for a week I reckon um but I'm going to get through that today I'm about a third of the way through so I think maybe I will get back into that now um and from there the next next lot of fantastic cleaning that I'm doing is the fans in our house you know how the fans always dirty on top yeah gonna tackle them next clean the fans fun times fun times indeed Alrighty, parkrun adventurers i'm heading out for my second last lap of the night i've got about a parkrun to go um, before i finish my marathon in it's going to be 20 hours 42 in 42 is what i'm aiming to do and good news i'm going to uh smash that i'm a little bit ahead of where i was going to be so i'm going to finish up at 10 o'clock instead of 11 or midnight so that is good news um i've smashed through my jobs i've um cooked dinner had dinner well i've had some dinner i've got some waiting for me to have a bit later probably with a nice glass of red i'd say some nice slow cooked beef with a glass of red wine is on the order clean the fans clean the pantry unstack the dishwasher washed all the other stuff that doesn't go in the dishwasher what else have i done mended a uh, cardigan scanned in some old photos it's been a very productive day and look this that's what this is all about you know um yeah the whole thing is what can you achieve in 24 hours it's been a very interesting process for me to just see that when you have the mindset of getting as much done as you can in whatever time you have you can get a lot done i don't know whether it's sustainable permanently in life but certainly maybe a little bit more focus at times could really just sharpen life a little bit maybe anyway i don't know whether it's the sore legs talking or the bit of tiredness sneaking in or whether that's actually real wisdom i don't know tomorrow we'll probably tell (laughs) anyway um look i'm gonna leave it there for tonight that is out me out for the parkrun adventurers and the channel 5 news crew um checking out from 42 and 42 Alrighty, the full list of what i did i did an online course i stitched up a pair of running gloves that i busted last winter so it was about time i got to that uh, cleaned all the in- internal doors that we have there's 10 of them i made chocolate chip cookie dough yeah i didn't quite get to uh bake the actual cookies but today's another day right um i cleaned a couple of the shelves of our pantry and um from there washed all the containers that came out of the pantry with old stuff you know or nothing in it that's a task in itself really um i prepped and cooked dinner in the slow cooker i had a picnic with a friend that was amazing i unpacked the dishwasher i sorted through some old running clothes to donate some to charity and and get rid of some of the other ones i dusted the wine rack that also gave me a chance to pick out a nice drop to uh, have a celebratory drop with when i finished Uh, i scanned in a bunch of old uh, photos from when i started triathlon years ago they were just sitting on a pin board in the spare room so they'll be better off having a digital life I cleaned the top all the all the fans in our joint. I ate a giant cookie, and I ran a marathon. Well done to Lindell for taking on the forty-two kilometers in forty-two hour challenge and 
absolutely nailing it. I'm very impressed with the list of uh, errands that she managed to run in that time period as well. So well done, Lyndall. What Lyndall didn't mention during her roving report is that she has used the challenge as a way to raise awareness and funds for the Women's Legal Service Queensland, who provides services to women and children fleeing domestic violence. So if anyone would like to help her in her efforts to raise money for that cause, please let us know and we will point you in the direction of how you can help. Well done, Lyndall. Yes, couldn't agree more. Popular, wasn't it, Mel? 42 in 42. Lots of people were doing it. It was. We also, as well as talk, which we mentioned during the interview with um, Bo, which we mentioned in the interview with Bo, Dave also did it. He accidentally did it last weekend apparently as well. So he's he's gone out to do it again this weekend. But, yes, there's a, a very popular Facebook page with lots of likes doing the challenge this weekend and I don't know do you think it's indicative that there's just such a void being left by parkrun that people are considering doing marathons just to fill their time I'm I'm not I wasn't swayed I couldn't even say that I was honestly tempted I just sort of thought wow that's a lot of kilometers in a very short period of time I think what are we we're six six or seven weeks into this lockdown phase and I think for a lot of people, it's gone one of two ways. So you can you can work on your corona body. It just depends on what type of body you're after. And with, <laughs> for for me, I, I've actually increased my um, running. I think I, I think I'm getting the mojo back. So I'm veering towards a summer corona body. Uh, others okay. others may veer towards a winter corona body. Yes, see, so I am heading towards the hibernating mama bear kind of corona body where there's a lot of chocolate and I'm not proud to say probably more wine than there should be um, for having two small children at home. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not proud of it, like I said, but, you know, short So there's a game we can play in this episode. Did Mel drink for the intro or did Mel drink for the outro? You choose, <laughs> listeners. <laughs> Are her words slurred in the outro <laughs> or in the intro? There's a game you can play online mm. Yes, after indeed. listening to this episode. <laughs> yeah. But another game we played online, Mel, we got back into the routine. Look, I'm, I'm speaking like we, use, we do this all the time, like this we business. I know I'm just a ring-in again. But um, we asked a question on social media and got some responses this week. We we did. And um, the question was um, in relation to we've been daydreaming about going back to Parkrun and, and want to hear what other people would do too when they imagined if, you know, money was no object and time was no object and they could do any event in the world, in the world, and um, have post-Parkrun brekkie or run or walk or jog or skip with whomever they want. Who would they choose? Where would they go? And why? Now, I, I think, Scotty, we should start off with uh, your answer to this question. We got a lot on, on the Facebook as well, but I want to hear what you would do. Where would you go and who would you do it with? Yes, I think this is one of these questions where you've just got to go with your gut instinct. You can't overthink it. You can't try and come off as being some holier than thou, this saint of a person who's just wonderful. You just go with your gut instinct. So that's what I'm doing. So I'm selfishly going, Mel, 
to Canada. I haven't specifically pinpointed which event in Canada, but I think I'd like to do it when it's got some snow, it's quite picturesque, but it's not too cold that it hurts to run. So we might have to check in with um, our old mate Ewan to let me know when that is. But I think I'm going to go to Canada to see some snow. And where I said that, you know, you could take it with a family member or a friend, which a lot of people commented on the Facebook, they did. Um, Or I thought some people might veer towards the celebrity route. And and maybe the PSH is the obvious choice who you would uh, park run with and post park run with. But um, I asked a question of my mates this week, who's your quarantine foursome? So we got together and we named our, you know, if you're going to be locked away with someone, who would you prefer to be locked away with? So I'm going to take one of my quarantine foursome out on a park run with me. Okay. And I'm keeping it relevant to the podcast. So I've gone with Ricky Gervais. You know, he's Ooh, a he's a bit of an choice. he's a bit of an idol of mine. Um, I famously dressed up as as him at a uh, parkrun park anniversary nonsense thing that we used to do. Um, I just think you know I agree with a lot of the things he comes out with. I think he'd always have something to say. Have you watched the new series of Afterlife yet? No, it completely slipped my radar, but I'm I'm going to tune into it this week because yeah, I'm one of those people that loved the first season of Afterlife, so I'm sure I'll love the second. Uh, so that's – and that's – I think that I've covered the who, where, why. Just I think you'd just be a great conversationalist. I think I could beat him in a sprint finish too. I think I've got a couple of years – I think I've got a couple of years on him. I've, I've chunked up a bit, but I think I've still got a couple of kilos advantage on him as well. So, yeah. Now, see, unless you know something – I don't know, or you haven't read the question correctly. We said any park runner is Ricky Gervais a registered park runner? It, Mel, everyone is a park runner. Whether or not they just know, yeah, they just haven't registered yet. <laughs> <laughs> I like, I like that take on it, Scotty. I'm going to use yep. that in future. Okay, so who's yours? What's your answer? Oh, okay, going with my gut, the first. First instinct answer that pops into my head is Cheshire Parkrun. We had Jakob on the show in the very first season of the Parkrun Adventurers podcast and he told us all about this miraculous Parkrun event that crosses the border in between two countries so you can get two countries in at the same time. And so that's that sold it for me. It's up in the mountains it's, you know, just ticks all the boxes. Yeah. But um, do we do we know anybody who's actually done Cheshire Parkrun? Well, Jakob's done it. Well, he might be biased. Do we know anybody outside of the country manager? No, not personally. But that's okay. kind of part of the allure. Like I don't, I don't need the reviews or the recommendations of a thousand different people who've all done it. I don't need to take the road most travelled or the parkrun most travelled. Um, okay. You know, if if that were the rationale, then I would be heading to something somewhere more famous, I guess. Yeah. Um, or I'm just I'm just playing devil. You know, it could be you could run alongside a dump, a tip. Yeah, you get I'm to cross over sure. countries, but <laughs> like that that might have been lost in the detail. Well, I'm pretty sure Jakob wouldn't wouldn't try to lead us a story okay. like that. Okay. He sold it to me when we had him on the pod in season one. So I'm I'm still 
that's stuck in my mind as a definite must-do bucket list type item. So that's where I'm going. Who I'm going with? See, now you've you've opened up the um, the world to me in terms of who I could actually go with. I I was just thinking somebody who's already registered, but if I could pick someone who's not registered yet, well, then I think I would have to take Amy Poehler. She she would be my she would be my guest or you know I would love to experience her first park run with her uh and for those no, who no, I think I think, she, I think she'd be a park runner she oh okay you think she comes off as a type I, that would do it yeah yeah well she comes off as a type who'd be probably quite competitive and I'm sure she'd beat me but that's okay I'd be all right with that and definitely would love to have post park run breakfast with her and ask her how she enjoyed her first experience Okay. Yeah. Do you want to park run with Amy Poehler or do you want to park run with the character she portrayed Leslie in Parks Nope. and Rex? Oh, see, it's a very close tie. Leslie Nope is my idol, but Amy Poehler brought her to life. So okay. I think there's a lot to be said. I mean, it's the same with you and Ricky Gervais. Would you like to park run with Ricky or would you like to park run with, was was the guy's name David? David no. Brent, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, good question. Good question. Um, look, why don't we reach out? This is our this is our gift to us in episode two hundred and yeah two hundred. Ricky and Amy. <laughs> yeah, let's see. <laughs> if you're listening to this, <laughs> if you're listening, get in touch. If not, we're going to come after you. So just answer the email when we send it. <laughs> this is your invite to park run with us. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> one time only offer. <laughs> Yeah. Oh no! But we did get a lot of great, um, really well thought out replies. Lots of people. I don't know about you, Scotty. I I guess given that we've got an adventuresome audience, maybe I was expecting more people to, you know, name their their bucket list places. But so many people were talking about their home park runs in their answers. They wanted to park run at home. They just wanted to get back to their home park run with their homies and just enjoy the normalcy and the fun and the love that is their everyday, every weekend park run. Yeah. Not not a great surprise really, Mel. You know, we are 200 episodes in. We are four years. Is this year five? This is the fifth year. So, fifth yeah, year four, in. four and a half years technically. Well, we're, we're approaching four and a half years. Yeah. So I think we know the secret of Parkrun and it's not really, is it? It's not really the location so much. It can go it can go a fair way towards having an pleasurable, enjoyable morning that if you're running in a beautiful location, whatever. Yeah, adventures can be home or away. So thank you to everybody who chipped in and gave us your replies during the week. It was wonderful reading all of those and we hope you enjoyed having a bit of a daydream and a think about it. Uh, as you were going and breaking up the, well, I don't want to assume you've got a monotonous week, but I know what my week's been like, so any little diversion is always welcome. Okay, well, well on that, Mel, how has your week been? Uh, noisy. Noisy. <laughs> and busy. Um, but I think it's going to end on a positive note. How about yours, Scotty? Same, same. Noisy for different reasons, renovations going on at home. So there's lots of banging and drilling and sawing 
I on. have all those noises too. <laughs> <laughs> what does your bathroom look like? <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to know. <laughs> My whole house looks like a construction site, but it's it's under construction by a 10-month-old and uh, almost three-year-old. Work in progress, let's put it that way. Well, I've brought in the professionals at least, which is good. So, uh, And I've, I bring parkrunning to all aspects of my life now because my builder is a parkrunner. I've recruited my tiler. Okay. Did you vet them before, like you, you, you asked them what their athlete ID was before you gave them the job or? Oh, no, 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 no. My builder, we go back. We, we met at parkrun years ago. And I only recently found out that he was a builder because he was doing someone else's place. <laughs> and so he's, he's been kept in business through um, Parkrun. Okay. Um, and you're like, hey, I've got a bathroom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and a kitchen. <laughs> so it's great. But I've converted my Tyler. So my Tyler wants to know. But um, unfortunately, I've met him since we've been closed. But I've still managed oh. to sell the idea to him. So he's really excited. Yep. So, well yeah. done. So you're still actively recruiting. (laughs) Always, 24-7. Even after this many years, I'm impressed, very impressed. So, Mel, by my quick calculations, I was here on episode, what, 194, 197, 200. So I'm coming back every once every three weeks, all three episodes. (laughs) Is that how it's going to work now? Or is this it? You would 200 be and out. Scotty. We would we would love to have you. You're always welcome back. Yeah, you know no, that, well, right? I, I begged to get back on and it took a while, but now that I'm back, I seem to be here every week. So I might take another six months off. Oh, okay. Fair <laughs> enough. Well, you but, know what? We we might do something a little bit different next week. 200 episodes between the two of us. I'm I'm not sure. I mean, there's always been one or other of us here that whole time. Maybe maybe we need to mix things up a bit. Oh, this is exciting. Mm. Has, there, has there ever been an episode without one of us? No, there has not. Never, has there? Wow. Mm. Could be time. Well, you got me excited to listen now. <laughs> so this is happening, episode 201. Yeah. Who will New- it be? Okay. Dun, dun, dun. Insert. Witty, mysterious audio file here. I'll have to find one. Yeah, don't ask me for one. <laughs> Thank you for joining me this week, Scotty. It's been fun. It was nice to reminisce with you a little bit and uh, also to have a chat again with Bo. Yep. Um, I am looking forward, like I did, I wasn't pumping up his tyres in the interview. I am actually really looking forward to um, getting Bo on. And, you know, we were chatting about, it wasn't one of those like best guests of all time, but we kind of just said, "Hey, wouldn't it be great to get Bo back on?" And then it just it was a coincidence that his his new movie came out at exactly the same time. Yeah, um, we've got great it, timing. Yeah, and it was great to um, have a chat to him. And see, I tried to convert him to become a park runner. I, I think you won. I think you did convert him. Yeah, yeah. So once so again, you know, twenty four seven with the the recruiting. Good job, you. Can I just say? Pump up his tyres. <laughs> I miss your expressions. <laughs> do you? Yes, um, I do. I really do. I wonder what they are. <laughs> give me, give me a couple of other ones. Oh well, I put you, you know, on the spot, pe- haven't I? Peel back, back the curtain, curtain <laughs> is is pretty obvious, common uh, one. Yeah, I don't think. Yeah, that's not an original, Scotty. Oh, okay. Y- I don't think any of them really are. Of- 
No, well, see, that's that's the whole point. Yeah, no, I pinched him for everywhere. Nothing I do is original. <laughs> but you do it so well. <laughs> if you do it with authenticity and conviction, people believe it. Thank you for the tip. Okay. And on that note, let's wrap up. Episode 200 yeah. of the Parkrun Adventures podcast. Yeah.